Amazing love, why don't we pray together, ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, we need you and the gifts that you offer. So show up in a powerful way through the preaching of your word to give peace, hope, and joy. We pray this in Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen. Dear friends, what a privilege to be with you on Mother's Day to rally around Jesus who is risen. And I want to start off by talking about people who have failed big time. And, and they're people that you probably know. The first person that failed big time is the person I'll draw up here. Does anyone know who this is? It is very good. Walt Disney. And uh, do you know his newspaper editor actually fired him and told him this? This is the quote. He said, he lacked imagination and he had no good ideas. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's when he made Mickey Mouse in Disney World, but uh, my goodness. We live in Chicago, so the next famous guy who uh, failed big time, that is, love Jordan. And for me, he's still the best basketball player of all time. I don't care what people say. Um, but if you know his story, maybe you know what happened to him in high school. In high school, he was actually cut from his basketball team. That's craziness. I wonder how, many, you know, how his coach felt when he had six championships here at the Bulls. Uh, let, let's bring it a little bit more relevant. Uh, this final guy is named Elon Musk. Uh, he is the, the founder of Tesla. If you've heard of those really fancy electric guitars, Tesla, or, or cars, or is Tesla. Also, not guitars. Um, <laughs> uh, it, we also have him as the founder of SpaceX, which works with NASA to bring supplies to the space uh, station uh, out there. Um, but do you know he went broke? Uh, he had made a living off of PayPal, if you've ever used eBay. He, he founded PayPal and sold it. Um, but because he had a couple failed launches uh, from SpaceX and, and a couple hundred failed Tesla cars, uh, he almost couldn't make a go of it. Now, now, can you relate to failing and falling down? I know I can, right? My goodness, it seems like more, more often do I see failure than what we see as far as success. In fact, that's where Facebook doesn't help. Because in Facebook, all we get is the highlight reel. That's all you're getting. <laughs> you, you don't usually get the, the downers. You, you just get the highlight reel. And so it's kind of, you know, slants things one way. Well, well, I believe what we have to hear and what they probably needed to hear was a message when they fell down, was encouragement when they fell down. In fact, I have a video of the message they need to hear when you and I, when we fall down. Here is the message we all need to hear from Sesame Street. <laughs> That's new, and it seems really, really hard to do. You feel like quitting, you feel you're through. Well, I have some advice for you. Don't give up, keep on trying. You're gonna make it. I ain't lying. Don't give up, don't ever quit. Try, try, and you can do it. Don't give up, yeah. If you want to catch a ball, but you haven't no luck at all, the ball hits your head. Hits your nose, it hits your belly, your chin and toes. Well, try and try and try again. Keep on trying and soon then you'll put your hands out in the air. You'll catch that ball. Yes, this I swear. Don't give up. Keep on going. You're on a boat, so keep on going. Don't give up. Don't ever stop. Try and try and you'll come out on top. Don't give up. You 
You slip and dip and slip and flip We'll try and try and try some more And soon you're skating across the floor So give up Keep on moving You're gonna get there Just keep on grooving Don't give up Don't pack it in Try and try and you will win Don't give up No, 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 don't give up That's going to stick in your head all day. I know it. It's catchy. It's catchy. It's going to stick in your head. But that is what we need. When we have fallen, when we don't know if we can get out in the horse again, we need to hear, don't give up. Keep at it. That's what Michael Jordan did. That's what Elon Musk did. That's what uh, great men and women of all ages do. They don't give up. In fact, it reminds me of uh, working out with my brother-in-law. Uh, he's a personal trainer. I got a picture of him. And the sorest summer of my life was working out with that guy. Um, that's because when I thought I was done with my reps, he wouldn't sing the Bruno Mars song, but he would tell me, don't give up. You got a couple more, and you keep going. And uh, it, was, it was bad, but it was good, you know, one of those. And uh, I have to laugh. He, he enjoys it when uh, he pushes people so hard that they throw up. Uh, he, he laughs at that, so craziness. But how awesome is it when we have people right there when we fall and to say, you, you can do it. You can get back up. You can go on. It's going to be okay. And I believe if the experience is so common that we fall down in life, here's my question. Do you think we will ever fall down in our walk with Jesus? Amen. Yes, we will all the time. In fact, I believe, and this is something, if you're new to Christ today, in fact, if you're not a Christian today, we're so glad to have you here. You're welcome in our family. We're so glad to have you here. If you have questions or doubts, so glad to have you here. But what you need to know about the Christian lifestyle, uh, this is insider information, is that because it's ongoing and because there's adversity, we're all going to be tempted to call it quits. We're all going to be tempted to pack it up, put it on the shelf, and walk away. It's so easy to get so far off track that we don't even know where the track is anymore. But this is why we're gathered today, because God provides an answer. God provides a group to gather together and through one another give the message in words and actions, don't give up. And you know the answer God provides? It's what we've been looking about. The answer that does this is not Bruno Mars. It is the church. We're in the series called Roots, and uh, we're looking back at, uh, at what was going on. And if you were with us last time, we heard Peter's sermon on Pentecost. And it was a sermon of repentance, that you should run from sin, run to Jesus. And, and there were 3,000 who were baptized that day. 3,000 who came to Christ, which was just incredible. But here's what I know about following Jesus. Following Jesus isn't about one special day or a couple special days. Dear friends, it's not just about making the team. It's about getting to the victory circle. Do you get it? It's not just about being part of the team for a little bit. It's about being part of Christ until we're there in the victory circle of heaven with him. And, and Paul would say, Paul would say about the ongoing activity that this is what he would need to do. He would say, I need to press on because it's tough, because I feel like giving up. So I, I need to press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. You're going to feel that. That certain times the energy is low, at certain times you've fallen, and so we need to press on. And I'm here to tell you the church is here to help you with that. And that's what we get to explore. So let's get into our lesson. Our lesson, I think, is a picture 
of, of the Christian church as they were operating. In, in fact, it kind of reminded me of reality TV. Um, a lot of different shows on. One of the ones I've watched was Duck Dynasty. And if you ever tuned in, you know you can see what the Robertson family's all about. You can see them at the dinner table, see them skinning different animals. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing, though. They're hunters. That's what I mean. Not, not just any animal. I need to be careful. Uh, Sorry, that's way off. But um, you get a period what their family life is like, right? You get a snapshot of how they interact. Well, what we have in Acts is that snapshot. If you want to know what the, the early Christian church was looking like, how they operated, I think there's no more beautiful picture than what we have here. We're like in the midst of their living room in the early Christian church. So, so let's get into that living room by reading from Acts chapter 2, um, middle of page 6. It said, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And get this, the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. That's awesome. It is a beautiful picture. If I could sum up what they were doing, they were loving one another. And what I hope God blesses us by is seeing how we can still be a community of love as we gather together in the church. So, so let's dig into this. Let's dig in. You know, I'm a baseball fan, and I really got into baseball uh, when I moved to Chicago and uh, got the two teams there. Um, and one of the movies I saw about baseball was uh, the movie Moneyball. Uh, anyone remember this? Um, yeah, it's a really great movie. Girls and guys. Girls, there's Brad Pitt in the movie, and guys, it's baseball. So, um, but <laughs> uh, this was all about uh, a different approach to the game of baseball. That for so long, teams built their, their, their roster based on batting percentage and personality and how many home runs. But the Oakland A's were going to take a different approach. And so they're going to build it based on slugging percentage. They're going to build it on, um, uh, on base percentage and, and so field their team. Now the goal of baseball is still the same, isn't it? The goal they had and every team has is to score runs and to win baseball games. Hopefully win it all. But the approaches could be radically different. It reminds me of the phrase, there are, there's more than one way to skin a cat. More than, I've never skinned a cat, so I didn't know there was more than one way, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, other examples of this where you have the same goal but might get it uh, in a different way is um, I've heard conversations of Common Core. Um, I've got some teachers in the room um, and, and Common Core. And I guess in Common Core there's a different way of doing math, uh, at least different than what I grew up with. Um, where at one time you got a certain way to, to, to add up the numbers. Now there's a different way. Same solution, but different way of going about it. Well, I look at the early Christian church. And let's dive into what they're, in a, what, what, what they're about. Uh, the first verse says, they were devoted, or they devoted themselves, verse 42, to the apostles' teaching. And we're going to talk about this, but I think any good community, any good Christian community is pumped up about the teachings of Jesus. We're going to be about what he has taught. And we're going to apply those principles today. And, and we're going to rally around that, and, and we want to teach as much as we can. But here's what I also recognize, that there isn't a, a method prescribed here of how to teach. That there could be more than one way to skin a cat, even in how we go about things. Uh, th this was drawn out to me by a pastor's conference we had this past week. This last week I went to a conference and we were talking about preaching. 
And in preaching, there's one goal, which is to preach God's word. Um, but the way you go about it can be very different. And so there are pastors, some who just do one-point sermons, some who do multi-point sermons, you know, 15, it's all good. I think that's what today is. Today's like 15. Um, there are some pastors who do a, a deductive style where you have a point and you support it, or inductive where you, you kind of rally around to the point at the end. There are some who walk around, and that's me. And there are some who stand here, and that's cool too. There are some who get passionate and emotional, and that's me. I'm sorry. And there are some who can keep that all in, and, and that's okay. And what I recognize is this, that there can be a common principle, preach the word, but that the method is varied, and it's very varied, incredibly varied. And, and I looked at, at, at the church today. Today we still have a lot of the teachings of God, and that's what we want to be about. They never, ever change. But what I see is that the way we go about it can definitely change, um, you know, based on what we wear, based on what we sing, based on the forms of ministry. All of those things are interchangeable. That our form should be servant to the message, whatever form we choose. But it's always about that message. It's always about rallying around what Jesus has taught and choosing to do this as clearly and as awesomely, I don't know if that's a word, as we can. That's what we're going to do. We're going to rally around the word and teach it as best we can. And so that's what I see going on as they're devoted, this, this freedom. In fact, um, I consider also um, uh, Paul's words to us. He said this. He would say, Therefore, don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to religious festival or new moon celebration or Sabbath day. Basically, Paul was again saying, you know, there, there's freedom in how you gather and when you gather. Um, don't, don't let anyone look down on you for, again, when and how you do things. If Jesus is there and the teachings are there, there you have the proper emphasis, which is cool to see. And as we go on, we see this even in Jesus' commands for his disciples. When Jesus told, told us to follow him, he was very clear about what following him would mean. Get this principle from John. It said, By this everyone will know that you're my disciples if you, if you love. And so it's very clear that the principle in following Jesus is love for one another. But now look at how certain people expressed it. Let's look at how they expressed it. Look at verse 45. Verse 45, what were they doing? It says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now, how many of you want to do this expression of love? Let's come back next week. You have sold your house, your car, everything, and, uh, and we're just going to divide it up equally. All right, ushers, lock the doors. We're going to sign on the dotted lines. I think that's a good plan. <laughs> no, no. And you don't have to do that. In fact, that's because this is not a principle of Scripture. This is a description of Scripture. The goddess says you're going to love one another in a Christian community, but the way that that is described and how it expresses itself can be varied. And this was their variation. And that's okay. And so though the teachings um, never change, the methods can change, but we know what to be about, which is that word. You know, I'll never forget uh, taking keyboarding in high school. And uh, before that class, I didn't know how to type on a keyboard. And, and there was a, a phrase called for when you, when you didn't know how to type, you'd look at it. And does anyone remember what that's called? When you, you hunt and peck. That was me for a long time. I hunt and peck, and it was slow. So senior year, I went to my keyboarding class, and I was a joke because there was all freshmen, and I was way late. You know, everyone had taken keyboarding already by that time. 
And so I had people laughing at me and all that kind of stuff, and I didn't care. Um, but man, I'm glad that I had the class now. Um, because now, you know, uh, when you know what's going on, you save a lot of time. Now I'm like that guy from the kayak commercial until uh, my fingers pop off. That's a weird commercial, by the way. Um, but, but I can just whiz on that com- computer, right, uh, because I had that class. And it cost time. It cost a little bit of my dignity, which is okay. Um, but what I found is that it was a blessing. It was a blessing. Now, I know we live in a country of education, don't we? In, in fact, it's ongoing. And it can seem never-ending. And it's exhausting. Let's be honest. But let's bottom line it. Is education, is teaching a blessing? You got it. Every time. To be able to have the skills on the job, to be able to have the talents to do things, education is a definite blessing. And this is what I believe about God's church. Here's what I believe. That the teachings of Jesus are a blessing. If, if keyboard in class let me see the computer, how much more than when the God of all the universe stands above and directs us on where to go in life. How much more the blessing of learning those teachings of him who holds the crystal ball, who wants to inform us of supreme knowledge. We are confident that that's going to be a blessing for our lives. In fact, it reminded me of a discussion we had about a a former singer. Um, The the singer was Brian Welch, the lead singer of a band named Korn. And uh, we, we talked about how he was converted to Jesus Christ. And he said that before that conversion, he felt lost. He had what he wanted. He had uh, drugs, he had money, he had sex, he had big shows, people cheering him on. But he felt this emptiness. And then I'll never forget what he said about when Jesus came in and what changed. He said he felt the love, but he also used this phrase. He said that, um, here is his words, he said he had the gift of understanding life. The gift of understanding life. That's, I believe, what the teachings of Jesus can do. You see, Jesus comes in and he says, I don't want you to hunt and peck when it comes to your marriage. I don't want you to hunt and peck when it comes to your finances. I don't want you to hunt and peck when it comes to kids. It's too important. And so if you listen to me, if you follow me, man, I'll I'll give you the details. I'll give you the gift of understanding. And so at this church, we unashamedly say we want to teach you. (laughs) and it's not my teaching, and it wasn't really the apostles' teaching. We want you to teach you what Jesus has for your life because we think his will is good. There is great life direction, and there is also great soul security because as we learn of Jesus, we also hear of forgiveness for every misstep. We also hear of his unwavering, unconditional love. We want to teach what Jesus has taught. But a Christian community does more. Let's get into it. Um, It it goes on to say that they were devoted in verse 42, not only to the apostles' teaching, but to fellowship. And so what I believe is that we are here to do life together. And that's an opportunity for you. A great passage of what this looks like is that we should rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And so if you come in today and there's something down in your life, I'm down with you. And I'm praying for you. And we're here. And if you had something awesome, I'm up with you. And I'm for you. And we're praying praise for what God is doing. And I think when we understand this community, this is one of the greatest blessings that we have is the ability to do life with other people. In fact, we're doing some on long-term planning at Amazing Love. 
And group life has always been a part of Amazing Love. But in September, I know that's a long ways away, in September we're going to launch home-based small groups. And I'm really excited about what God can do through home-based small groups. See, we're at a point where I don't know everyone's story as much as I'd like. I, uh, as, as much as I'd like. But I'm grateful that I'm not the only one who can support and encourage. And, and, and here's why I think home-based small groups could be so powerful. Here's why. Because we're all going to fall down. And that happens a lot. To give you an example of how powerful this can be, my brother is part of home-based small groups. And um, in the group process, he had a, a friend who uh, was diagnosed with brain, ca- brain cancer. Um, that was a big deal for him and for his family. A young dude about in his 30s, um, big deal. Because he was part of this home-based small group, he could be prayed for. His family could be supported, whether it be meals or hospital visits. And someone could again encourage him of God's presence in his life during this time. Dear friends, I know stuff is going to happen to us. It's happening right now. It has happened. It will happen. The question is, are we going to allow someone to pick us up? Are we going to allow someone to be there for us? To encourage us, to pray for us? That's what the church can do as we do life together. So long-range planners, September's coming. (laughs) Please consider group activity. The lesson goes on. They're also devoted to the breaking of bread. Now, now this is awesome. Um, What I believe is that uh, in the community we can enjoy eating together. Uh, This is a good thing. And there's something magical when your stomach is filled and your soul is filled. Like that that stars align, baby. That doesn't get any better. Um, We had a little bit of that. We had a brunch last week. And uh, again, soul fed, stomach fed, that's that's awesome. Um, so, So we can do that. I think in this, they also had what we're celebrating today, which is the Lord's Supper. Um, I I think uh, that that was also included, that we get uh, an assurance that we're forgiven through Jesus' true body and blood. Uh, More things to to be about. It goes on, what what does it say they were devoted to? To prayer. Um, And so we believe in the community, we pray for each other. And and, and I just want to warn you, if you ever talk to me, because if you ever talk to me for long enough, I might pause you and say, can we pray about it? Um... Because I believe if we're going to talk about it, better to talk to him about it um, and ask him in the situation. And, and some of the most powerful activity has been in my life this past year when, when people have been praying for me and I've been praying for them. In fact, if you're, if you're wondering, does this really work, test me on it. Test me on it. Put it on your connection card. Have me pray for something. Or come to me and, and, and let's have a conversation together. I'd love to pray for you. There's tremendous power there. goes on. I could preach for about two hours just to what's here, but I'm not going to. Don't worry. I'm wrapping up with the good things of the community. Verse 45, again, we're not going to be a Christian commune, um, and that's okay. It's okay that you have stuff. That's a good thing. Um, But I believe in 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 a community we give back based on what was given. Those who knew Jesus, who gave their life for them and raised from the dead, They were willing to give back in extreme ways. I think that same sense is in any Christian community. We look at what he's given, and we say, how can I not respond? How can I not love? How can I not give back? And finally, one I want to talk about is praising God. They were praising God um, and enjoying the favor of people. So we're going to be a community of praise. We're going to get together and be in awe of all that God is doing. Uh, Last week we saw a little bit of that in our new member welcome. 
We're going to praise the people that have found Jesus at this place and pump them up and say, this is good. And maybe the reason I'm being the chief advocate of the blessing of the church is because I feel at times the chief beneficiary. I really do. Just this past week, being involved in a church, I've been prayed for, I've been counseled, I've been supported, I've been encouraged. And so I'm not just preaching about stuff I don't know. But I see a family of believers who do this awesome, who've done it for me. And that's what we make available. But there are a couple things that can stand in the way of this message taking root in your heart. One of the things that might tempt you from having this have effect is the idea that I got this. That I don't really need any help. That I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Or the woman. In fact, I'll never forget a conversation I had with someone who was given up on the local church. They just said, I'm, I'm done with it. And the reason being is that it was an imperfect thing. And I'm going to admit that. The, the, the local church is an imperfect thing filled with sinful people. Yep, me too. But her solution was to pray by herself, to worship by herself, to take communion by herself. And, and I didn't think that was the proper solution. Because you can be a Christian by yourself, but you cannot be the church by yourself. And you cannot receive all the blessings of the church by yourself. It's impossible. And so I believe sometimes we're tempted to devalue what the church offers. To devalue the fellowship that can be here and what God can do through it. If that's the case for you today, I, I invite you to run from that thinking and to turn to your interdependence. On Mother's Day, we know that we're dependent on others, right? How'd you get here? Mom. We also are still interdependent as much as you'd like to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I need you, you need me. We all need God. It's great to claim that interdependence. But there's another thing standing in the way of this message, my friends. And that other thing is for us who are already involved in the church to tear down this community from the inside. I've said a few times that the church is an imperfect thing. Which means, a.k.a., I'm going to sin against you, and you're going to sin against me, and we're going to need to forgive. It's going to happen. And if we don't do that, we're not the people in the church that please God. We haven't learned the essence of the gospel. From the God who forgave us of everything. In a Christian community, we can tear down by careless words, careless thoughts. Our, our attitude might, might look down on others. And I say again, repent of this sin as well. Turn from it, dear friends. And let us this day consider what unites us all. What unites us all is our Savior, Jesus. The one who gave his life for you. The one who gave his life for me, who has forgiven us and brought us to peace. Who've called us into an eternal family. Because I'm going to be celebrating with you all forever in heaven. That's my hope. That's my goal. Not just on the team, but to the victory line. And Jesus' love is described in 1 John, which says, This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He's the one we rally around. He's team leader. But 1 John went on and said, if you want to make God's love complete, love one another. So dear friends,
if you've fallen down, if you're in need of help, welcome. Stay here. Don't give up. Amen.